You're listening to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. I'm James Batchelor, and I'm joined this week by... Brendan Sinclair. Rebecca Valentine. And Chris Drain. We're recording on Friday the 3rd of January, so, so far, very little has happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> some things have happened, but not enough to quite warrant our usual news discussion. So, what better time than to look forward to the rest of the year and come up with our predictions, our expectations, our hopes, everything that we believe may, could or should happen in the games industry in 2020. Um, Brendan, actually, you've already run a piece on the site um, and I recommend people look through it. It's um, analysts, you know, industry analysts, people who, who are paid to have this sort of opinion, exactly this sort of opinion, charting out everything they expect to happen in the year uh, and those who responded last year then saying whether or not they got them right and there's there's a shocking number of people who yep who's like yep i was spot on with this i was spot on with that i even got the branding right on this um it's kind of just like proving yes yes well done you can do your jobs um let's us attempt to do their jobs what do we expect or hope to see in 2020 i actually have a a, a terribly I guess spicy take on the analyst predictions. A couple of our, and I, this is terrible because they're, they are much smarter than I am and they understand all of this way better than I do. Um, they, a couple, a couple of our folks, and I, I don't remember who uh, suggested that Switch Pro would be this year. And I, I don't think we're going to see the Switch Pro this year. I, I think one definitely exists. Um, I know that there has been some discussion as to, you know, whether or not that's actually a real thing that Nintendo's working on. And I think they're I think they're absolutely correct that one exists. I think this would be the absolute worst possible year for Nintendo to bring it out. I, I know they're not really attempting to compete with Sony and Microsoft, but I also think that trying to bring out a, a better stronger, prettier Nintendo Switch that's more expensive this year of all years would be just a terrible decision. It depends when they bring it out, though. There's rumours, rumours, emphasis on rumours, massive underlining under the word rumours that there's a Nintendo Direct soon. And there was a, a, a supposed leak from GameStop that, that said there are new Nintendo Switch SKUs coming and people have, have put two to do two and two together to make five billion and expect that means the switch pro is being announced and launched soon but if nintendo put it out in the first half of the year say maybe on you know maybe march to coincide with the anniversary of the switch or like kind of prior to the big reveals around e3 it, it might do well enough i mean there wasn't much of a gap between them announcing the light and actually launching it was there when did they announce the light it was it was after e3 mm. and then it was came out in november so oh. there was a, there was a three the three month gap at, at, there was, at absolute there was maximum a, the, the smallest gap was them revealing the switch and releasing the switch in the first place wasn't there yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, it was like eight yeah. weeks or something. Um, I think they've learned from that, hopefully. <laughs> James, but, um, so I have not seen this leak. I, I don't know what it entails. I we, there, we will absolutely probably get a Nintendo Direct in January just because we always get a Nintendo, Nintendo Direct in January. I would, having not seen the leak, and if there's anything more specific in the leak that no, indicates this, you know, I might be wrong, but I would bet anything that those new Switch SKUs or whatever are an Animal Crossing-themed Nintendo Switch Lite. There is no way it's not that. I think they're games. Let's be honest, Rebecca, that is your Switch Pro, isn't it? I I already have a Switch! They always do this to me. They bring, and this is my other prediction, they are definitely going to bring out just multiple prettier versions of the Switch Lite Mm. and multiple prettier Joy-Cons this year, and I'm going to want them so bad, and I'm not going to get any of them, because I already have a Switch and plenty of Joy-Cons, and I don't need more! I'm I'm one person. I don't need another switch. Ugh. 
thing is, is they, they, the sensible answer is Nintendo, of course, are going to do a Switch power. Oh, I'm going to call it a power switch because it should be called a power switch. Um, <laughs> I think Nintendo are, are going to do a power switch. But but this is this is this is Nintendo. Do you remember when Pacta, or at least Brendan might remember, James hopefully remembers as well, when Pacta used to say over and over again, "There's going to be a HD Wii. There's got to be a HD Wii. Everyone's playing yep. HD three. Uh, yeah, Everyone's yeah, playing yeah. HD PS three. The Wii's SD. It's old fashioned. It needs to be a HD Wii." And it never happened. And Pacto in the end wasn't—he wasn't predicting it because he thought it was going to happen. He predicted because of course they've got to do it. Of course they've got this. They have to. They have to do a HD Wii. They have to. And they didn't because it's Nintendo. And Nintendo don't do things that they think that you know they just don't do that kind of stuff. So I—I I actually think they should do a I, I, a power switch. I don't think will necessarily compete with PS5 or Xbox. You know, uh, uh, Series X. Um, I, I think it's more for the people that have it switches already and have had one since launch and want a lovely nice shiny new updated one to pray breath of the wild too um i would i'd be i'd snap i'd bite the hand off for another switch i love it i love it so much and i think if you want to keep the if you want to keep that switch it depends if, if you want to keep that life cycle of that switch because nintendo talk about it having a longer life cycle than their previous consoles and that's not actually a big feat for them because their consoles don't have long life cycles if they want switch to have one they'll, they'll need to you know keep it going keep it you know it's quite normal now to do an updated piece of hardware that's a little bit more powerful but um uh, I would never dare predict anything Nintendo does because Nintendo might have been planning to, might have even built it, and then the new Switch, um, the new version of it they did in September, you know, the slightly tweaked version has done so well they might have gone nass on it. Um, it's it's just what they do. They announce stuff, they don't release it. They almost finish stuff, they don't do it. I, it's Nintendo; they're impossible to predict. Um, I think they should do it. I think it'd be great. I mean, I want one. Uh, you you may not want one, Rebecca, but I definitely want one. I want, I want one. <laughs> I will stop myself from getting one. So Nintendo has had this cadence in its its portable stuff um, for for years. Every other year, there's there's a new version of it somehow. You know, the 3ds, 3ds XL, 2ds stuff like that. Uh, and that I think goes back to what Game Boy Advance, maybe, possibly Game Boy Pocket and Light. Uh, and they don't have a separate portable line now so 2017 we got the switch 2019 we get the switch light i'm guessing 2021 we get something else and i don't know if it's going to be the 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 power switch that um dr sir ken toto was the analyst that was calling it uh was suggesting because i don't think 4k is um that doesn't seem to me like a compelling value proposition for switch games really i'm not sure exactly what form it'll take but uh i'm guessing that there will be a a revised switch hardware but in 2021 because we just had the switch light and it is um the switch light's great I, i i mean it's it's silly how how little a change uh it, it takes to really get me like reinvigorated and interested in the hardware again but uh, i've been playing with the switch Lite for a little over a month now and it's it's just fantastic i got that i got i got switch Lite. i've been playing luigi's mansion on it pretty good I, I i think i think yeah i think a lot of it depends on the lineup if nintendo don't have a game to show it off then you know I, I honestly think it might tie with Breath of the Wild too. I mean, if you're going to launch a new Switch, launch it alongside that. And um, sure, yeah, do you think Breath of the Wild two is coming out in 2020? No, I want it to come out in 2020. Um, and, 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 and I can, and, and I, do, and I can, do you really? I can justify it because I, 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 um, 
because Breath of the Wild won, at, you know, went gold at the end of 2016. So by the time it comes out, if it does come out at the end of this year, it would have been four years in development. It's largely built on the previous game. It's got to be doable. It's got to be doable. Um, but um, uh, I, I, that's the game I'm, I want more than anything else in the world at the moment in terms of games. Um, I just I can't wait for that. I just can't wait. If, if not Breath of the Wild 2, what would Nintendo's big holiday game be? Maybe the, mm. maybe we finally get Metroid Prime 4? Yeah, the thing is Metroid Prime 4. No, Metroid Prime 4 would be much, much further back. Won't it? They, they only reset it... Well, they only restarted development last year, didn't it? Was it last? It was last year, early last yeah, year. Yeah, last January. Yeah, January. They said, "Yeah, we're going to have to go back to the drawing board." That means at least two years before we even see that damn thing. So yeah, no, I mean, it could be good for their big, their big. Uh, it's one. not a big, I mean, not what, a big uh, franchise. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a popular Nintendo franchise, but in terms of a big flagship game to sell systems at Christmas, it's not Metro. You don't Metro Prime's not that game. Yeah, I mean, it's Mario Odyssey two. Yeah, a la Mario you Galaxy the, two. All the you stuff person that i've talked to about 2020 predictions who has suggested that we might get mario odyssey 2 mm -hmm. where is that coming from purely from like i swear there's an interview or so out, out there like they basically they loads of loads of ideas they had for odyssey that they couldn't fit in last time they had that they made galaxy 2 which was in my opinion better than galaxy 1 and um and like, it's just it's it's one that all the technology all the engine all the the layout like the actual the 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 core of the game is done. You just have to populate it with kind of new ideas. And I know I'm massively oversimplifying game design in what I'm saying there, but it could be something that they've been just quietly working away on. And I swear Galaxy 2 was like announced at E3 out in October, job done. Like it's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if there was an Odyssey 2 announced at E3 this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'd love if that. If you think about how they, they do turn out for, for those, how incredible those games are, they do turn them out quite quickly. I mean, Super Mario 3D World was 2013. Odyssey was um, uh, obviously 2017. But in between that, they did that Captain Toad game, didn't they? Um, oh, Captain Toad. And so, um, you know, they, they, and they, so they do make these games quite quickly. Um, it's, so I don't think, it's, again, it's not impossible. If not, a new Super Mario Brothers, because I know we've had new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe but we haven't had a new new Super Mario Brothers since the Wii U version, and they are quite quick to change. That's my ones. prediction for the big holiday game for Nintendo. That's what I think we'll, we'll probably see. We're due. Uh, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, that's how this, I feel, is, too. I'm not a big Super Mario Brothers person. I love the 3D this games, is, but yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the thing with Nintendo systems is like they're big franchises. You wind up getting one, uh, one entry a generation. Yeah. And new Super Mario Brothers and Mario Kart, mm -hmm. I guess, um, haven't had a Switch native installment yet. Metroid. Um, so there, there's some like big games there. Pikmin. I guess Mario Kart. <laughs> that won't be a holiday <laughs> game, but that then, is due you, as well. You know what, though? You never know. You talk about games that are typical big sellers. Um, and But look at Luigi's Mansion 3, which has just come out this Christmas. It's, I mean, if Pokemon wasn't there, because Pokemon's obviously been even bigger but Luigi's Mansion 3 has done so well I mean in the UK it's in the top 15 best-selling games it's been in the top 10 since it came out it's it's just I mean I can't believe the sales of it in the UK and it's Luigi's Mansion game I just I, I think you could do something like a Pikmin or something that's not quite a massive hit at the moment and Nintendo could elevate it to something a bit bigger a Donkey Kong perhaps or a um, yeah, I mean, Luigi's Mansion was the the flagship game when the GameCube launched, right? Yeah, it did about two million copies. So, yeah. like, Nintendo will push some of these 
sort of fringe uh, franchises of theirs to the to the point where it maybe can carry a holiday season. Mm-hmm. But like when I look at the Switch and I, I look at like, well, what's left as like an obvious needle mover for Nintendo? There's only a handful, and even those feel like like a new Mario Kart this year still feels like, well, isn't eight deluxe still available and selling eight, pretty eight well? Eight deluxe in the UK sold more in 2019 than in 2018. Yeah, like it's the it's third best selling game the, of the year. The, their their hits are mad. so um, evergreen. They have such long legs and. You know, they sell them for full price for so many years after launch that it really feels like you really need something very new and novel to make me think like, yes, the Switch needs another Mario Kart. Switch music, the spiritual successor to Wii music, Switch music. Switch sports. No, I think I actually think Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, what they should do is they should do some DLC for it. I mean, it's. I think it's crazy that the game is sure. still their top-selling game. There's yeah. loads of people playing for it. I'm surprised they haven't, given that like they, yeah, like Mario Maker has been getting some free um, DLC. Like Marie talked about it on our Game of the Year show, like the, the Zelda DLC for that, which was free. Which that's exactly the sort of thing that you'd think that other companies would definitely have charged for. It surprises me they've not done more Mario Kart stuff, either free or paid. Now, once you shut down development, like. It's it's kind of it's got to be tough to to restart. Like yeah, let's get a team back together to work on this. Yeah, yeah, that's, like, true. yeah that's what exactly it, isn't it? Mario Kart Eight had its DLC, and it was this was only ever supposed to be a a sort of uh, easy packaging port. And look what it's done. Um, but yeah, I think they should do some DLC for it. I like doing with Smash Brothers. Is there other non Nintendo things that we care about? Coming out <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, it's all just Nintendo. None all whatsoever. just Nintendo. <sighs> I am intrigued as to what's going to happen in the subscription space this year. So last year we got Apple Arcade, Google Play Arcade or whatever. Google Play Pass, obviously Google Stadia is subscription-based or sort of subscription-based. year before we got Xbox Game Pass, subscriptions are more and more be becoming part of the industry Christ, you know like mario kart tour a mobile game has got a subscription to itself and there's loads of mo- mobile games out there that have got a subscription just to the game i kind of feel like this year we'll see a big new player in the subscription space i can't quite work out who i think it will be it might be amazon with their cloud streaming service that we all know that they're working on that they say they're not working on but we definitely know that they are it might be that epic games tries to do some sort of game pass thing with their store it might be that a pipe dream obviously but it might be that one of the third party publishers does some sort of game pass style so uh, ubisoft for example has got that you play plus where you get like all of their games but it's only on pc imagine if you could sign up to Uplay plus but it gave you access to the games on pc xbox or playstation depending on what consoles mm. you've got like, it's like a, a kind of a cross-platform subscription service i don't think that's going to happen i'd love that to happen but i feel that there'll be some sort of new big subscription thing that disrupts the market bit yeah i'm gonna say um the opposite because i think the big players right now are like especially microsoft seems really well positioned right now and i think xbox game pass especially when they fold in x cloud with that and then possibly uh, i know i was wanting to talk about something else but possibly even have like you know your your streaming games on other platforms like the nintendo switch maybe um once once microsoft kind of like gets as far as it can get with that master plan 
Like I, if I'm looking at that and what they're putting together and the, the traction they have there. And if I'm any other company, I need like, I'm going to need some, some serious convincing to, to think that, okay, well, there's, there's going to be a market there for me to compete in Hmm. against that. No, I agree. I think it, I think it's PlayStation and Nintendo are the only probably two that could launch a subscription service and really go head to head with what Xbox are doing. Is is that Nintendo style no. at all? Though no, no. Yeah. I do think that we my and I think I've said this on past podcasts. I do think that we see at some point Xbox reveal more fully its what what it wants its model to be for whatever it's doing with cloud gaming and i think absolutely that involves a subscription service of some kind tied with xbox game pass i think that's a pretty common thought that people have some sort of pay some sort of similar to google stadia but better maybe like play pay a certain amount every month get access to a catalog of games instantly um that are connected somehow to Game Pass, maybe not the entire Game Pass library, but at least a selection of it. And I think that, may, again, that makes it very hard for a lot a lot of people to compete. And it makes it very hard for Stadia to compete at that point if they do that. Hmm. I think um, I think Nintendo could do it if they wanted to. I mean, when I was talking about Nintendo, the original pitch for their online service apparently was every Nintendo game accessible via Nintendo online service, and then it got scaled back to about what? That was that was the you know, not, not 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 new releases, but all classic games like basically the virtual console, the whole lot over time. You know, the oh. SNES class, SNES catalog, the NES catalog. We're getting there. Just how doing... do we knock on their door and ask them what happened? That sounds great. Well, they are doing it. Just well, they seem to be doing it. Just rolling it out at uh, the, the slowest pace going. Um, Look, Chris, I've got Wario Land Four on my like a Wii U somewhere in a cabinet. From Virtual Console, and I cannot currently play that on my Nintendo no, Switch. No. Therefore, something's wrong. Yeah, that, that, that's that's. I was I was talking. The person I was talking to was working at Nintendo, so that was the original pitch. And then what, what was eventually came down the pipe was this thing which scaled, which was even worse than what they had before. But you know, it's it's it's. There's a Nintendo could. I mean, Nintendo could do something like that, something legacy, I guess. Um, and um, but I, I think um, I think PlayStation should be doing it. I know they're I know they're being a little bit more ambitious with PlayStation now, but they're still being really cautious. I think they're conscious of the last of us two launch sales they don't want to be they don't want to impact that or anything like that so but i think they'll they'll follow suit before long but yeah i think you have to have a catalog of games you need to have relationships with third parties you need to have um the ability to keep a steady flow of content in if you want to have a subscription service um i don't think google necessarily is all about subscription and um i think that's an interesting alternative option and so that's why i think they work a little bit but um uh, yeah, I think I mean, subscriptions. I think that's it. I think a lot of the trends this year, whether it's subscriptions or whether it's um, platforms or Epic Store and all this kind of stuff, I think it's all going to be the match of the same trends as last year. Because um, last year was pretty dramatic. I think we could probably do with a uh, a year where it's it's a little bit more of the same, but hopefully with a few more games to play. Do you think we see Sony kind of repush PS Now? Like, I. I know it exists, but it always feels sort of like an afterthought. Like it's, you know, it's not, it's not quite as good as what Microsoft is offering. It, it doesn't. No. no. No, no, I do, I do, I do think they will. Um, they, sorry, uh, they did when they re, when they relaunched it. Basically, they basically referred to it as a relaunch in October when they started putting in modern, get you know, more recent releases like God of War and stuff in there. And they did a massive marketing campaign, didn't they, where all the characters fell from the sky and all this kind of thing. So they were- they Wow, were, I don't remember any of this. You know, this, was, this was their big campaign over October. They did two, they did a platform campaign and they did one entirely dedicated around PlayStation Now, where they had um, 
the uh, things were like um, uh, Nathan Drake and and uh, and all the all the characters from their games falling from the sky, and they're saying basically subscribe to this service and you get all these games. And it was a big put. It was, that was their big relaunch, and they're still not putting in things day and date like Xbox. We're not quite gone that far yet. And then when we spoke to Jim Ryan in in November, and we asked him about that, he said, "Look, when we started doing this." we didn't put any PS4 games in here. And now we're putting in games that are about a year old. So in the future, you know, I'm not saying that we're never going to do what Xbox is doing. It's, I'm paraphrasing, you didn't use these not word for word. Um, uh, but, you know, let's just say this is, all, this is moving very quickly and we're learning very fast. And so that does indicate that in time that they will probably do what Xbox is doing. And PlayStation already have that 100 million install base. They have the ability to launch a, a service and have uh, an install base quite quickly. Um, for their subscription platform they already have and their streaming service they already have so that it's just a matter of um when they decide to uh really go for it because i guess at the moment the original the normal model the traditional model buying games for 45 quid and downloading them or buying them in a box it's still working for them at the moment um whereas for xbox i think it stopped working for them and that's, so it makes sense for them to really go all in with game pass and that's the thing like it's it's still going to work for sony this year like you've got last of us 2 coming out in may that will definitely sell a few <laughs> copies ghost <laughs> of tsushima is coming out at some point this year hopefully although i'm still convinced that's going to be a ps5 launch title didn't um, they say did they if, say summer for that one spring they summer? might have said summer. Something? it's still it's still a very it's still a very vague release date a very vague release date for something that that in theory should be coming out before the new consoles do but um but like that that, that should sell well so like yeah, like following the relaunch in October, I can't see them taking the subscription model much further than they currently are, unless it is part and parcel of their offering for PlayStation Five. But as Chris says, like they're still selling games in boxes; they don't need to sell. Here's a box, and here's a subscription for all the games mm-hmm. for it. Not to uh, not to break any confidences, um, so I've got to be careful here. But I do know that there are a number of PlayStation Five games that are not uh, going to be announced, but they will also be on PlayStation Four. So I, I wouldn't be surprised, James, yeah. if that if that um, uh, Ghost of Game um, is going to be, and all and the Last of Us Two as well. You know, it feels it would be really weird if you have to wait four years for another Naughty Dog game yeah. on PS Five. So I suspect that will be the first. I, I reckon. I, I reckon like a lot of the big games this year are going to be cross-gen. So Absolutely. Like Cyberpunk, Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, Watch Dogs Legion, whatever the next Assassin's Creed is or whatever the next big... I, I, I feel like there'll be an Assassin's Creed this Q4 if, if if it's not Watch Dogs. Obviously, No, Watch Dogs was going to come out Q1. So there'll be an Assassin's Creed. All of these, there'll be so many kind of cross-gen where you can buy the slightly watered-down PS4, Xbox One version or you can get the super-duper PS5, Xbox One Series X version. Yeah, how many how many PS4s have they sold now? What, what are we million to? or plus now. Yeah, you, you don't just bank on... You, you don't just ignore the massive proportion of those who will not immediately buy a ps5 at launch <laughs> yeah but they're they're backwards compatible this time around mm. so like with the ps4 it made a lot of sense i thought to do like last of us definitive edition on ps4 early on when anyone can just pop in the last of us which already you know it it certainly looks good enough it, you know as far as triple a production value standards go it's a, it's a pretty beautiful game i is what you get by you know making a definitive edition for the ps5 really that much of a selling point to justify an entirely separate you know definitive edition product when the original disc still works on everyone's ps5 i guess it depends what they do with those those ps5 xbox one series x 
what well, you know next xbox di- edition is like if though if the if the next gen versions all have like ray tracing and more advanced ai and like all this stuff that, and no that loading works. screens no or loading really screens. short like, ones things like i, I swear like like shadow, shadow of mordor shadow of mordor was um cross-gen I swear, like the Nemesis system, I could be wrong. I swear, like the Nemesis, the Nemesis system, the AI that you know the the orcs remember you after you've killed them and all this rubbish. Like I say, rubbish. It was a superb system. Apologies. Like the AI system, the Nemesis system. I swear that was only available in like the Xbox One, PS Four version, and then the next gen, these are the last gen. So the 360 and PS Three versions were just basically Assassin's Creed: Lord of the Rings edition. I may be remembering that wrong, but I feel like there was a significant advantage to the next-gen version of Shadow of Mordor, and that might be the case with some of the games this year. So what do you think is the system seller for each? I mean, I guess Xbox has Halo Infinite. So I'm going to... Can I can I add in a prediction then? Because I think... I always assume think this is common. This is what everyone thinks, but I, um, you're talking about um, next-gen and talking about next-generation versions <laughs> of things. I think at least Xbox definitely, probably PlayStation as well, you will, there won't be a PS5 version of The Last of Us 2. It's the PlayStation 4 version will work on PlayStation 5 and look a hell of a lot nicer. In the same way that you buy a game on PC... PS4 Pro. Yeah, you, you, uh, I think, um, that I, I believe, that the games that you're releasing on Xbox this year, Xbox One this year, because there's a few Xbox One games announced at the end of last year, and I think they will run on P- Xbox One X and uh, sorry, Xbox Series X. Run on that machine and look as nice and look as and look like a next gen game. Like in the same way, in the same way that if you buy a game on a PC and you go from a lower spec PC to a higher spec PC, you don't need another game. It's the same game. It's just that this one looks so much better on this better machine. So I think that's what we're moving towards. I don't know if PlayStation's moving towards that, but Xbox definitely are. And in fact, Xbox practically said that at their last event that these games will run on the next console and they will look nicer in the same way that they do between Xbox One and Xbox One X. Anyway, that's my prediction. What do you think will be the PS5 system seller? Horizon. Horizon 2? Horizon 2, yeah. yeah. that's the that's the obvious one, right? Like, that. that's what, yeah. Maybe they uh, have a small team that's put together a, a short Killzone, because Killzone's <laughs> usually like a launch title to show off, like, the flashiness and the graphics and stuff, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. If you think about their flagship teams, um, and you think about their big franchises, and you think about the stuff that the teams that have just released things, and you think, well, they won't have a game ready for launch. Gorilla's the only one that could possibly have one. Um, maybe, uh, maybe Gran Turismo. I don't know. Um, <laughs> a little bit Planet, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's PlayStation is trickier. I mean, Xbox seem to be saving themselves up for this, but PlayStation is—they've released so many games late on in the cycle. You know, Insomniac's just Spider-Man. Maybe the Ratchet and Clank team will have something. I don't know. Um, Knack 3. Yes, that's the one. That's what we're waiting for. Yes, Knack 3. <laughs> yes, that's Excellent. what we're waiting for. Bloodborne 2. Uh, oh. No, we're getting... Uh, what do they work? Elden Ring, right? Oh, yeah. They <laughs> forgot all about Elden Ring. Was that PS... Was that PlayStation? From software. Yeah, that's PS4, but that I'm sure that'll be another one that's like looks better on the ps5 or whatever yeah how do you all feel about google stadia by the end of the year that was the other thing that i kind of was thinking about before this podcast in terms of my predictions i don't i i don't i know we've done interviews with them they talk about like playing the long game i know they they ended 2019 on kind of a really guys note um i think by the end of 2020 we'll have a much better idea of what the service actually is going to 
be just because Stadia Base will exist by then. Um, but I don't know that that's necessarily going to like raise my spirits about it. I don't know what they can do to rate to to draw attention from the launch of two new consoles. Like that's kind of what I imagine that's why they had to really try and push and launch this year rather than as much as it was a beta and it is absolutely a beta. They pushed it like a launch because if they were trying to launch it fully next year, they'd just get drowned out in the noise or rather there's just more noise to compete with. Unless they get something absolutely massive. Like, I mean like is is Cyberpunk on Stadia is that a thing that's known? I it don't is, know. It is, yeah, like, yeah. It is, right. Well, it's, okay, go, it's so going I, to I be when it comes out. Yeah, I can't think of a title because Google's like Jade Raymond Studio. There's absolutely no way that will launch anything next year that could be a system seller or or a subscription seller for for Stadia. So they have to rely on third party titles to get attention. But everything they've got is available and everything, unless they get like Half Life Three on Google Stadia. I do not know. Yeah, Half- Valve, the non-VR no. version, the, the non-VR version of Half-Life Alex will be on Stadia. That is the oh, only way they can get attention not. next year. No. Yeah, I don't. Um, I just don't. I don't think this is streaming will probably continue to be a thing, just as VR will continue to exist. I just don't think it's what people will be talking about this year, and it's, it's just going to be. But if they're going to have their moment, I don't think it will be twenty twenty. Yeah, it's not. It's not really worth talking about necessarily when you've got two big consoles mm. coming and so many games. Yeah, this year's. I mean, James touched on it because Cyberpunk's the big one, right? And that's the uh, that's the um, that's the game. That's the game that I'm. Uh, I expect to break all records um, when it comes out. Um, oh yes, that that's the big one for me. Like, uh, unless Breath of the Wild two comes out, Cyberpunk. I'm I'm so very very interested in that game. But yeah, looking at what's just off the top of my of my head, what's confirmed this year: Cyberpunk, uh, Last of Us two, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Watch Dogs Legion, Gods and Monsters, that weird Rainbow Six zombie game. <laughs> uh, Christ, what else? Uh, Journey to the Savage Planet's out shortly. I know that's not big, but that looks quite interesting. It's like a weird comical Metroid Prime that I tried out at EGX. Um, Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, Animal Crossing. We touched on uh, that. Weird, that Final Fantasy VII remake. Yes. Roller skating game. Roller champions. Doom Eternal. Uh, Doom Avengers. Eternal. Uh, uh, Avengers. See that? That uh, I'm interested in. Even though it's like basically a very flashy PS2 game, I am very interested in Avengers. Band- um, Bandai Namco's got a Dragon Ball game that looks like it might actually be a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warcraft Three. Is coming back. Lego from Star Wars, the Skywalker. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker. Do you know what? Over Christmas, this is a slight tangent. Over Christmas, I, I played um, a, a friend of Penny's friend's house. Like, like uh, I was entertaining an eighty-year-old boy by playing co-op um, Star Wars, the the original, the complete saga back when it was just six films. And my word, I am so ready for a new Lego Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I know I you haven't. Wait. I know, I know, I know you haven't seen the new Star Wars film, James, but I watched that entire film thinking I'd love to play this. Um, and when you see it, you'll probably understand what I mean. Um, and so, yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to, to that. Dying Light 2. Um, Half-Life Alex, Light 2. Resident Evil, three. they're doing, what's, 3. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's just, that's just, this is before the consoles come, right? This is, Final Fantasy 7! Final Fantasy 7! I did say that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, said that one. that one. Oh, sorry. We can scream it again. No, it was, it was worth it just for your excitement. Yeah. Oh, I don't care about Final Fantasy VII. I just didn't hear it when you said it earlier and was amazed we missed it. Halo, I don't care Halo, about Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's a lot that's of games. Be, there's so many video games, guys. Halo Infinite's launch for Xbox Series X, X XX, yes, right? That, that's, launch, um, yeah, that that is a launch title, they the, said. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, fair few things to keep us busy next just year. Just a couple. Which is good, because this year was really boring. I mean, not this year, the year just gone. Last it year was. was what? It was. It, what? It still, it still gets me, like, among, like, the, the, the top-rated games or, like, the, the Game of the Year awards, like, the amount of people, like, I'm sure the Resident Evil 2 remake is, is great. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But, like, the highest-rated... One of the highest-rated games was a... No, two... Okay, two of the three highest-rated games on Metacritic last year was the PC port of Red Dead Redemption 2 and the Switch port of Divinity Original Sin 2. One of the highest-rated games... And and I think the third might even have been Resident Evil 2 Remake, which is, like, a friggin' remake of a 1998 game. Like, there just wasn't anything... This year didn't have, like, a big... It didn't have a Red Dead Redemption 2. It didn't have, like, a big, like, blockbuster game that everybody looked at and said, yeah, that, that's the game of the year. Everybody's going to vote for that. I thought that was... Part of it was because the end of the console cycle. Part of it was just, you know, Hmm. I I don't know, weird year. But I loved it. I thought it was great. I got to play so many cool, really, really good games this year. And I I feel like... I love that Sekiro got Game of the Year at the Game Awards. I don't think it... I, I, I don't think it was undeserved. I just think that in a year where we had had like a Witcher 3 or a Red Dead Redemption 2 or something like Sekiro would would not have gotten a, oh, yeah. a second look and I, I love that Control won a I, whole bunch of Game of the Year I, awards it's I, great I, I thought you know last year was fine which was just a bit boring I mean that's, that's all I was I wasn't saying like I mean this year you've got Valve back with a new game you've got CD Projekt back with a new game you've got some of the biggest game developers who are returning you got Naughty Dog are back with a new video game and um, the um, uh, Crystal Dynamic, you know, they're back with a new video game. So you suddenly got these sort of the, the super developers that, you know, tend to win all the critic awards are back and they've got these big games. Well, last year we didn't have any of them. And it, you're right, there was plenty of good games, plenty of interesting stuff. I just, it's a bit boring. Um, <laughs> it's weird because we've gone through we've gone through this big list of all the AAA mega games from mega developers and I just kept thinking like, man, there is... There is so little this year that I'm really interested yeah. in because I, I I don't know. So many of those franchises just seem like I know what to expect from them. Yeah, but we, I'm excited I for Cyberpunk I mean, could be really cool. I'm excited. The Watch Dogs Legion uh, of everything that we just riffed off was yeah. the most interesting uh, one on there. But so much of it is like I know what to expect from Halo. And I know that while they're doing different things, they're only going to diverge so far from what Halo is. And those divergences will be toward the things that we already know have been popular in the last few years. That's the nature of getting excited about stuff. Because we don't get excited about that game. We don't know anything that's going to knock us off, knock us off our feet and surprise us. Um, we, we, we naturally get excited about it. People get hyped about the sequels. They tend to sell the best. I mean, I'm quite excited about the new Half-Life. I mean, that's a thing, isn't it? Um, that's gonna be, that'll be different. Uh, I don't have any I'm excited games. about but a I, bunch I, of smaller games too, though. Like, uh, 12 Minutes looks really mm, good. Yeah. There's a there's a Hollow Knight sequel yes. coming out. Ooblets, I think, is next year. Um, we're getting a Bravely Default 2. I yelled so loud when that showed up. I know that's like a little, that's yeah. more AAA than the others, but I still really like that. Uh, uh, what's the, the, there's like the game with the deer, I think, that's coming out. I don't remember what that's called. Way to the, Way the, to the woods. woods. Like, that looks really, really great. Uh, Spirit Fair, Skatebird. Like, there's a bunch of little indie games that look yeah. just absolutely super, and I'm really, really excited. Uh, maybe Mineko's Night Market will show up this year. I've been waiting for that one, too. Like, I, 
I, I, I tweeted this too, but I, I think the things that I'm most excited about for next year are the games that I, I don't know about yet. Yeah. Like the little, the little games that are going to show up and surprise, like, like East Chain and Heaven's Vault did for me last year. Like they disappeared out of nowhere and were my two favorite games the whole year. Like I, I cannot wait to see what's going to surprise me this year. But will any of those have an underground tea drinking society? Absolutely not. Oh, okay, I got another Sorry. question here because of backwards compatibility. Uh, last generation, the early years uh, of the PS4 and the Xbox One, the console makers leaned pretty heavily on indie games to pad out the release lists because they all only had these remasters and re-releases from the previous generation and some original titles, most of which seemed to be disappointing um to to the to the masses this year uh with new with new boxes from uh microsoft and sony do the indies get anywhere near as much of a spotlight as they did previously considering how much big new triple a content is already slated for this year and will still be relevant and playable on the new systems when they launch at the end of the year um i think so I mean, if you look at, um, and okay, the backwards compatibility does change it slightly because obviously GTA V was the big game in the year the new consoles came out. But um, I think Shue Yoshida coming to PlayStation, uh, moving in PlayStation to being their head of indie initiatives, whatever it is, that, that, I think that's quite telling. I think um, PlayStation know they're going to need indie games at the beginning of their console cycle. I suspect they more than Xbox. But Xbox need to need more, need, Xbox desperately want more content into Game Pass, right? They want. That's what they want. So I think indie games are going to become just as important, perhaps in a different way to Xbox than they are to PlayStation. I think Xbox are looking for games to, you know, put into that service to get people to sign up to Series X and subscribe to Game Pass. Um, but um, uh, and so it's not necessarily don't you see view it as a way to sell systems, but to sell subscriptions. But I, I think I think they're going to. I think it's still it's going to be a. I think it's a good time to be indies. I mean, when we announced our investment summit last year. Um, uh, we mentioned it to PlayStation and they said, Shue Yoshida wants to come and talk. Can he, or can he do a panel? And it was like, well, they, they clearly want to, they're sending a message out to the market what they what they see as important. And I think that's, so I think so, yeah. I also think we can count on Nintendo to keep doing what it has been doing, which it has been pretty, they have been pretty good about spotlighting indies. So that's going to continue in the same vein. What, spotlighting indies like outside of indie directs? Yeah, I mean, I think that... So, I, can't, so, I can't remember their their E3, um, you know, their their E3 press video direct thing. Um, yeah, and I, I wasn't at E3, but one thing that I think they've done pretty well is they... Every time I've been to a PAX, Nintendo has had an indie event, and it's just been, you know, show up and play these indie games. And that doesn't seem like much, but... Inevitably, there there's kind of a flood of pieces following packs um, from various websites that have played these indie games that they wouldn't have gotten to play otherwise. And Microsoft has actually done a really good... They did one of those at uh, West 2, I believe, where they just have a crap ton of indie devs in a room together and you just come like play a bunch of games for like three or four hours. And I, I think that has been really good at getting eyes on a lot of indie games. It doesn't help everybody. You know, it kind of helps the ones that the publishers sort of deem worthy, but it... I, I, I think they've done at least a good job of sort of bringing them more to the forefront. And I, I think Nintendo at least will continue to do that into this coming year. Microsoft might not, since they might have other things to show, but they, I, I think they'll still keep them in mind. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo teamed up with an indie for Cadence of Hyrule. And Empire Sim was on at E3, I remember that. The E3 before, they announced about three games, and one of them was Overcooked 2. So they do, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm... Okay. You make good arguments. And I guess Sony can't really do worse by indies than it than it had for the last couple of years. Yeah, re- <laughs> Did you not read the answer? They've been focusing on VR, Brendan. They've been focused on indie VR. That was their focus. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, VR. So PSVR 2 with uh, the PlayStation 5? Is that going to happen? Mm. That's a question. Mm. It is a question. That's a good question. With Half-Life Alex. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Stop that. Stop it, James. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Um, uh, I, I mean, I think one thing that... I, this isn't a huge point in its favor, but I, I do think that PSVR has... What is it? Astrobot? Um, Astrobot. That has machine. largely been regarded as one of the best VR games out there. I have not played it. I cannot confirm whether this is a true opinion or not. Um, but it, it's apparently very well regarded. And I, I've heard that PSVR has been a good gateway to VR for a lot of people, just because, you know, if you already have a PS4, you don't have to worry about like, you know, PC hardware or, and the PSVR is like a relatively cheaper one. So I think that it would be good for VR if Sony kept up PSVR. I, It'll be very interesting to see whether Sony thinks it's worth it. No, that's that. Mm. So, so I don't know. If if PlayStation, I think, I think it's really a massive blow to the VR games industry if PlayStation don't keep investing yeah. in VR because they are the they're the market leader, they're the market leader, and they're disappointed. So um, um, that's the thing. They've not been impressed with PSVR sales, but they are still pushing it. They did do a big. They did a lot of. They did a lot of promotional activity and price cutting in particular around PSVR before Christmas. Games like PlayStation VR Worlds, Resident Evil 7, and Astro Bot, and all those sort of games were back in the Skyrim VR, were back in the in the charts. So I think what's worrying is a lot of the big AAA developers are starting to reduce the amount of VR games they're releasing. PlayStation, again, they've been focusing on indie VR games. They've been doing less first-party VR investment as well. I mean, I don't know if it's because they're switching over to a new VR headset or if... When they launch PS5, VR won't be coming across with it. And I think if it's not, I I, I fear for that entire industry because that's their market leader just bowing out and it's not a good sign. Yeah. Hmm. Do you, this is, sorry to change the subject again, but on the, on the subject of things that Sony thinks is worth it, does do we think Sony will come back to E3 this year? Good question. Yes. Yes. I will say 100% yes. Okay. Why? be because the marketing cadence for a new console i think that they and they will absolutely feel um compelled to because they know microsoft's going to be there showing off xbox series x and you think they physically come back to the show floor yeah so yes and not just do like their own Uh, separate little they will not set up shop in the hooters parking lot across (laughs) the street I, I grant you I didn't go to E3, but I got the sense that that Sony was noticeably absent this year. Next, oh, sorry, sorry, last year. Next, this year, when all talk is around next gen consoles, if they are not there, they will be beyond mm. noticeably absent. It will just be a glaring, huge yeah. void of around E3. I think they both lost out not being at E3 this year. Personally, I think PlayStation not being part of the conversation at E3 was bad for them. I think them not being at E3 was bad for E3. The thing is, I would have said what Brendan just said. Absolutely, I think they'll be back at E3. However, oddly, in an odd thing, I had a conversation about two hours ago with a guy at Xbox who was talking to me about an event. And he just said to me, oh, we're acting under the assumption that the PlayStation aren't at E3 this year because that's our expectation. Now, um, and I'm sitting there going, I emailed PlayStation about 35 minutes ago. Uh, No, no, it was about an hour ago. um, Where I asked them, um, 
uh, I've just said to them, are you at E3 this year? Because <laughs> um, because, <laughs> because I've just heard that you might not be. I would be surprised if they're not, honestly. I, and I think it would be a blow to the show, and I think it would be really disappointing. Because I think, I think we, we, I think, I think for many reasons, I think it's disappointing. If they end up doing their own show to announce PlayStation 5 and fly out a load of journalists to that, um, uh, I think that's not green. I don't think that's very... Um, uh, I, I think it would be a shame. Um, but, um, yeah, I... Um, I, I don't know. I would have said what Brendan said, but about a couple of hours ago, I just had my uh, my assumptions rocked a little bit. So um, it might be he might have heard nonsense. He might have heard Chinese whispers, and it's daft. But um, if Sony is not at E three twenty twenty, it's it's such an embarrassment to the Entertainment Software Association. Oh, huge! Which, as a trade group, you know, sort of like the trade group that that takes point for the industry globally uh, i would say um that they can't even get sony to show up for e3 which has traditionally been their their biggest thing and and you know the the certainly the largest source of income for the esa throughout the year and if if such a key part of the industry just decides like that's not worth it anymore that seems like an existential crisis for them and for sony for sony with with a platform to push and all of their third party partners to not even be at E3 to showcase everything else coming for the system. Even if you don't have your own, you know, big exclusive Spider-Man or God of War title to push this year like that, that's, it's a slap in the face to the ESA. And I think it's, it's also kind of a slap in the face to everyone making games for the the PS5. Brendan, I, I think, we often actually, because I think we have very different ways of looking at, because obviously I never see the ESA as an organization. I know they physically, but for me, the ESA is like the European Union. Right? It's a collection of comp- games companies that decide together collectively what they're going to do. So that's why I, I don't really look at them as the people who work there. I look at it as ESA is actually PlayStation. It is Xbox. It is Nintendo. It is EA. It is Ubisoft. The E3 failing to happen for some of those companies is a failure of that union. Right. That's in my mind. That's that group of people yeah. deciding let's do a massive event that the whole industry, everyone's looking at, everyone comes to, we show off all our games, and then half of the big players go, actually, we don't like it anymore. It's a it's a it's it's a problem. And it's the ESA's as an as a union, I guess, is job to to um uh, to solve that problem. Um and it's and I actually think I'm, I might be wrong, but don't we normally have the E3 announcement by now? I mean, I, I you know where they announced the first lineup of people who are attending and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I swear, I swear it was like October. I think it's mid-January um, normally. I swear it was October last year, of... October twenty seventeen. Sorry, when really? twenty eighteen, when PlayStation announced they weren't going to be E three this year. So I suspect maybe the negotiations are still ongoing. But I, it's again, I, I think it would. I think it'd be. I think it would be a failure of the industry to come together on this um, because it, if it's another one where all the other ones are there and just not PlayStation, I mean, what? Don't don't do an apple, <laughs> you know. Don't, don't don't refuse to go to. Don't do that. Um, but uh, uh, let's all let's all stick together because I think we I think the industry needs to work together better generally across many different topics in, and not just promoting themselves. It's it's weird considering how many of the trends uh, are kind of pointing toward the industry working better together with cross play and uh, Nintendo games arriving on on Microsoft platform or vice versa microsoft games published on the switch things like that Mm. that that we would we would also see 
sort of a splintering within within the ESA that we have in recent years with EA taking a powder for their EA play. Um, Activision is in or out depending on the year, it seems. I mean, I can understand it's... Activision because at least for them, it's about their lineup, right? If they don't have a lot of games, why spend a lot of money on the booth? And the same with Take Two. I, I get it. But it's when they go out, they leave and do something pretty similar down the road. That's when I'm a bit like, okay, that's a bit, I don't get that. A Take Two is there every year. Even if they don't. Yeah, even games, if it's just the pond. They're, yeah. they're there. Yeah. That was a nice booth. <laughs> I like the pond. You know, E3 would be great if it just weren't for all the games. <laughs> <laughs> on Brandon! Note, there's the headline. Um, <laughs> on that note, I may have to wrap us up because we are running out of time. Um, but you can he- read more predictions as to what's going to happen in 2020 in uh, Brendan's piece. I will link to that in the uh, article about this episode. Uh, and why not comment below the article with your own predictions as to what may or should happen in 2020? Um, guys thank you so much for joining us and, uh, and chewing the fat over this you can find all our previous episodes on all good podcasting platforms of your choice and you can get your daily dose of news insight and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz Bye.